0: Cassie had said she had an idea for getting past the security at the resort. She'd also admitted it would creep me out. And, as always, she was honest. It was the next day. We actually had to skip school. Marco, Rachel, Cassie, and me. It was something we'd never done altogether before. It was risky. We couldn't have people noticing the fact that we were out of school together. But the situation was desperate. We were not in the barn. Cassie's father would be working there during the day. We were in the woods near Tobias's meadow. See, the problem is, anything bigger than a bug is going to be noticed by the controllers who are in the security teams, Cassie explained. But all the insect morphs we have are wrong for this job. Too much distance to cover for a cockroach. Same with a fly or an ant. Too much distance with senses that are not much good at dealing with faraway objects. Uh-huh, Marco said, nodding grimly. And so what have you come up with? I hesitate to ask. She removed a glass jar from her backpack and held it out for us to see. Inside it was a large, brilliant green insect with two sets of wings. What is that? A dragonfly? David asked. Yeah, dragonfly, Cassie confirmed. Look closely and you'll notice the eyes. They are huge relative to the size of the body. They completely cover the dragonfly's head. No way, David said. Cassie ignored him. The housefly morphs we have feed on garbage, carrion, and so on, so their sense of sight doesn't have to be great. But dragonflies eat other flying insects. They snag mosquitoes right out of the air. And since we know they don't have echolocation like bats have, they must be using the sense of sight to hunt. Wait a minute, David said. When we became cockroaches, we almost got stomped.
1: Seven dragonflies, all flying in there
0: together? Marco said skeptically. What happens if the controllers realize there's this sudden plague of dragonflies? Cassie winced. Well, I thought of that. So, see, only one person would morph the dragonfly. That person would get inside, find a place for the rest of us to demorph, and then morph something else to go spying around. I'm not understanding this, Ack said. How will the rest of us get inside with this single dragonfly? Well... Cassie said. That's the part that is either beautiful or gross, depending on your point of
1: view. Oh, I so don't want to hear this, Marco moaned.
0: See, the dragonfly is so big and such a powerful flyer, he can carry passengers. We all considered that for a moment all of us staring at Cassie. What kind of passengers, Cassie? Tobias asked. Well, I think you could get six fleas lined up on... Okay, okay, that's not happening, David said. One of us morphs a dragonfly? The rest of us morph fleas and climb on board like we're flying Delta? Rachel demanded. How would we even hold on? It would be like being on a jet. On the outside of a jet. Cassie grinned. Oh, the holding on part is easy. Fleas are excellent grippers. Besides, for extra safety, you just have to bite the dragonfly and not let go. Once again, we all stared at Cassie. You're a very disturbing person sometimes, Cassie, Marco said. Rachel sighed. Who's the lucky dragonfly who gets to have six fleas attached to him or her? We can draw straws, I said. Wait a minute, we're doing this? David cried. Are you nuts? Markel pointed at David and said, For once, I'm with him. I bent over and plucked a handful of pine needles from the ground. I counted seven and broke one short. Short needle morphs the dragonfly. Chapter 10 I drew the short straw so I was the one to stick my fingers into the jar and touch the dragonfly. He seemed to be built of three elements. Helicopter wings, gigantic eyes, and a ridiculously long blue-green tail. Actually the abdomen, but it looked like a stiff tail. Cassie had also brought a flea for those who'd never morphed a flea. The plan was for me to morph the dragonfly, the others except for Tobias to morph the flea, and then Tobias would fly us all close to the resort and release us. Easier said than done. This can't even be possible, David said. I mean, a flea? Look how big we are. The flea is like... Like a grain of sand. It is possible, X said. The extra mass is extruded into zero space. Our own minds and brains are pushed into zero space and maintain contact with the morph by means of a... What is he talking about? David asked. Rachel shrugged. We don't have any idea. But he's right. It works. So just relax with it. I'm going to become a flea and I should just relax. A flea! He looked from one of us to the next. I guess waiting to see if it was all some big joke. I'm ready, I said. I took a deep breath and began the morph. Every morph is different. And no morph ever makes logical sense. It's not like everything changes at once. It's not like if you're morphing a tiny insect, you're going to start off with tiny insect legs. That would be gross enough. The reality is so much grosser. See, in reality, you might morph an ant and suddenly have these gigantic ant legs and then begin to shrink. Or you might be morphing an elephant and start off with this 3-inch long trunk. So not only is morphing weird and illogical, it can be weird in different ways for different people. And it can be weirder one time than the next. I have morphed many, many times. If I morph another 10,000 times, I will still never, never get used to it. I focused on the dragonfly with a fair amount of fear. I closed my eyes and began to change. Then, quite suddenly, my eyes were open again. Only, I hadn't opened them. I just didn't happen to have eyelids anymore. And my eyes... Oh... Oh, no, Cassie said in disgust. Oh, oh, ugh. Man, I didn't need to see that, Rachel agreed.
1: Okay, now that is gross, Marco said. That is seriously gross.
0: The first things that had morphed were my eyes. I was standing there, big as my normal self, normal everywhere, except for the fact that my entire head, everything but my mouth, was covered with two monstrous, bulging, iridescent insect eyeballs. Wah! I commented calmly. That does it. I'm out of here, David yelped. But he didn't move. The world I saw was a blaze of eerie colors. Normal colors seemed to bleed with strange purples and intense reds. I couldn't see objects at all, clearly. No forms, no edges. I can't see except a blur. I yelled. You still have a human brain, Cassie said. You need the dragonfly's visual cortex to interpret the dragonfly's eyes. I could sense that I was shrinking, but for some time, I couldn't see anything but the hallucination of colors swirling around me. I guess the dragonfly's visual cortex, whatever that was, grew in then, because suddenly, what I was seeing made sense. At least as much sense as bug vision ever makes. Lots of insects have compound eyes, which means that, instead of forming one big, neat picture the way human eyes do, they break the world up into thousands of separate images. It's like looking up at a wall of a thousand TV sets, each one turned to a slightly different angle. It's a mosaic. You can see it as one big picture, but it takes work to humanize the image. But this wasn't just bug vision. This was super bug vision. This was mega bug vision. It wasn't like facing a wall of TV sets. It was like being inside a dome with tiny TV sets in front, to the sides, above, behind. And I didn't have to turn to see in all those directions. I could see them all simultaneously. Up, down, left, right, forward, back, all at once. So I had a really good view as my legs grew sharp spikes. And I could see quite clearly as the extra set of legs erupted from my chest, like hyperactive worms crawling out of an apple. And I didn't miss any part of the show as my shoulders turned green and bulked up like I was wearing football pads. And I definitely saw the way my butt, yes, sorry, my butt, suddenly began to grow, and grow, and grow, out, and out, and out. I saw backward over my green shoulders as two sets of wings, each translucent and veined like a leaf, grew straight out to each side. I was shrinking all this time, but I noticed something interesting. When you shrink to housefly, pretty soon you can't make out anything further than a few feet away. But with dragonfly eyes, I could still see Cassie quite clearly, towering above me like the World Trade Center. From down on the ground, I could see her face. Of course, it was mostly purple, and her eyes seemed to glow in an almost radioactive way. But it was still Cassie. I felt myself stop shrinking. I looked around, something I could do without looking around at all, if you understand what I'm saying. I seemed to have completed the morph. I waited patiently for the dragonfly's instincts to kick in. Waited? Noticed a tiny beetle crawling beneath me. Waited? Saw the way the fallen leaves looked like starched blankets piled up waited. Movement in the air above me. Mosquito! I don't even remember leaving the ground. It happened too quickly for me to notice. One second, my dragonfly vision had spotted something buzzing and fluttering across my millions of tiny TV sets. And the next split second, I was in the air. I was two inches long, going from zero to 35 miles an hour in the blink of an eye. The mosquito never saw me coming. He was helpless. He was a Piper Cub, and I was an F-15. He had no moves, he had no speed. He lumbered around in a kind of wandering, meandering non-pattern, and I came in on him like a hungry shark on a kid in an inner tube. I opened my powerful jaws and hit him going full speed. My bony head smacked the mosquito's body, my jaws closed on the crumple of legs. The mosquito struggled briefly, legs kicking, wings still trying to fly. It had all happened in a flash. Less than five seconds passed from liftoff to swallowing half the mosquito. That's how long it took me to regain control. At which point, I realized that there were parts of a mosquito sticking out of my mouth. And unfortunately, I had a really, really good view of the parts. Chapter 11 Ah! Would you slow down? Marco yelled. I'm not going that fast. Besides, how can you tell how fast I'm going? You're a flea. You can't see squat, I pointed out. I can feel the wind off your wings. It's like a hurricane. If we fall off, we'll have to demorph morph right in the middle of the beach. I was still in Dragonfly Morph. The view back along my body showed my long, blue-green abdomen, and crouching on my abdomen, sitting like creepy passengers in disorderly rows, were five fleas. Hey, I want to get there, all right? I said. You think I like having five fleas with their blood-sucking mouthparts stuck into me? You're complaining? Marco shrilled. We're the ones sitting here while you go zipping around
1: playing Top Gun.
0: Aw, shut up, Marco. Rachel said good-naturedly. It's kind of fun. The wind whistling through the chinks in my body armor, rustling the spikes on my legs. You people are all crazy, David said. At one level, it's kind of fascinating, you know? Cussie said. I mean, did anyone ever read the Miss Spider books? Miss Spider's Tea Party? Miss Spider's New Car? This could be Miss Spider Goes Flying. You people are all crazy, David repeated. Dragonfly Airlines, Rachel said with a laugh. We cannot go any slower, Axe pointed out. It took a long time for all of us to get aboard this insect. Added to the time it took for Tobias to fly us here, we have no more than 20 minutes left in morph. He was right. It had sounded easy getting five fleas onto a dragonfly. It had ended up being a Three Stooges movie. Fleas don't jump all that accurately. It had taken an hour of fleas catapulting like lunatic trapeze artists through the air to get all five of them aboard. How are we doing, Tobias? Tobias was a few hundred feet overhead, doing everything in his power to look like a hawk minding his own business. Unfortunately, red tails don't hang out by the water, usually. I needed Tobias to guide us into the resort compound. The dragonfly eyes were very good for a bug, but still not good enough to see the thousand yards that separated us from the Marriott's outer wall, whereas Tobias could easily keep track of a two-inch-long dragonfly. You're wandering a little to your left, Tobias said. Straighten up. Yeah, that's good. You're on target and closing in fast. It's like watching tapes from Desert Storm, Rachel said. You know, like Tobias is the jet pilot. And we're the smart weapon going for the target. You put your wars on television for people to watch? Axe asked. He sounded shocked. Humans. Wall coming up, Tobias reported. I see the trees, I said.
1: I don't see a thing,
0: Marco said.
1: But I'm bloated on dragonfly juice.
0: The trees loomed up, more red than green in my dragonfly world. Huge branches reached out for me. I zipped on through. Okay, I'm going higher, Tobias said. I want to get out of range of that bald guy with the killer eyes. I saw the main hotel building ahead of me. It was suddenly psychedelic red and orange, but it was definitely the building we were aiming for. Just one problem. Tobias? Can you see any open windows? That's what I've been looking for, and no, I can't. We can drop down and go in through the front door, Rachel suggested. The lobby will be full of people, I said. We're small, but we're not invisible. I have a crazy idea, Tobias said. The bellmen and all? They have these kind of tall hats as part of their uniforms and they keep tipping their hats to the guests before they pick up their bags.
1: That's very polite of them. Who cares?
0: Marco asked.
1: Well, they raise their hats off their heads. Don't even,
0: Marco protested. You want us to zip in under some guy's hat? David asked. It would take slit second timing, and then he'd have to not notice this two inch long bug on his head. Dragonflies can hover, Cassie pointed out. Let's do it, Rachel said. What is a hat? Axe asked. I didn't have any better idea. Neither did anyone else. Believe me, I was very open to hearing another suggestion. Okay, let's give this a try, I said. I swooped down at top dragonfly speed toward the main door of the hotel. Limousines were stacked up waiting. Security guys were everywhere. Uniformed Marriott employees were trying to squeeze through the security guys to do their jobs. Again, I have to ask. What is a hat? A hat is something people wear on their heads. Rachel explained to Axe. A type of clothing. Ah, yes. Clothing. Axe said disapprovingly. Head clothing. Of course. Is there any part of a human that cannot be clothed? Yeah, the face, which is too bad when you consider Marco's face, Rachel said.
1: Hey, you know I'm the cutest flea you've ever seen,
0: Marco replied. No one has prettier blood-sucking mouth than me. I ignored all this and focused on the crowd of people ahead and below me. It was easy enough to make out the scurrying bellmen, and their hats were easy enough to spot. The trick was finding a bellman who was just about to... Whoa! Cassie cried. I had just kicked into overdrive. I saw the hat. I saw the hand reaching up for the hat. Back of the hat coming up. Higher. Higher. An opening. Zoom. Under the brim. Sudden shadow. My eyes couldn't adjust. I couldn't see... Boomph I ran into a curved wall of felt. It was the inside front of the hut. I fought to keep my altitude. If I landed on the guy's head, he would definitely notice. And then, the lights went out. The broom was back down. I hovered, wings buzzing like mad. The rear wall of felt raced at me. He was moving. I held onto my hover, trying to stay in the exact same place without moving. Which, by the way, is almost impossible when all you can see is a very dim, blank circle of felt. All around you. I'm fighting this overpowering urge to jump. Cassie said. The flea is smelling the guy's head. Me too, but we have to maintain. Rachel said. No jumping, no biting. The trip from the front door up to the guest room only took five minutes. But people who say time is relative are right. That five minutes lasted for hours.
1: Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs' auditory experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. I don't have too much to say here, so uh, let's just get all those good old classic show notes out of the way. If you'd like to reach me, you can do that at audiomorphscast at gmail.com, audiomorphscast.tumblr.com, or through my website, theapodcalypse.com. That's The Apocalypse, like Apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. Uh, You can also reach me now on Twitter, at Audiomorphs, uh, which is also where you should check if this show is ever late. Um, If you use Apple Podcasts and would like to leave me a rating and review, I sure would appreciate it. Um, Or you could tell a friend, that'd be cool too. And other than that, uh, I don't know. Say something nice to someone today, I guess. I don't... mm. I'm I'm gonna go. (laughs) Uh, I'll see y'all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight.